Hey there, and welcome into another exciting episode of A for Effort. I'm your host, Matt, and as always, we start off giving thanks to our unofficial sponsor of the podcast, AMC A-List. $21.95 a month gets you three movies a week at local AMC theaters in your area. Check amc.com for theater listings and offer availability. Man, it's been a while. Welcome back to A for Effort. Like I said, over a month. I do apologize with the holiday season and work and life in general. I haven't been able to get to the movie reviews, the trailer talk, and the TV reviews that you deserve. So over the next couple weeks, I'm going to try to break out as many episodes as I possibly can to catch myself up before the end of the year because I've got a big end of year special couple of episodes planned out. But there was a particular movie that I think all of you know what we're going for that came out that I knew I had to get back on the mic for, and I'm glad that I'm here. I'm glad that I'm ready to put this out there into the world, and that is Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Man, it's been a long time coming. You know, the the road from Force Awakens through Last Jedi, which eventually leads us here, has so many twists and turns, almost as much twists and turns as the damn movie itself. It's kind of crazy when you think about it because (laughs) so much has happened in that time. I mean, let's start back at the beginning, just for instance. You know, Disney buys Lucasfilm and everything that has to do with Star Wars. They hire on J.J. Abrams to make The Force Awakens, and it goes over fairly well with audiences, critics, diehard Star Wars fans, as people like to call themselves, whatever that means these days. Then Ryan Johnson gets hired on for Last Jedi. Colin Trevorrow gets hired on for Episode Nine. Now, here's this is where the fun comes in. Last Jedi, to me, is a phenomenal film. I don't care what anybody says. I love The Last Jedi, and I love everything that that movie has to offer. I love every plot point in that movie. I don't care that someone doesn't like the Canto Bite scenes or some of the stuff that Ryan Johnson decided to put in his movie because it was written and directed solely by Ryan Johnson. And you know what? It's a damn good movie, and thank you, Ryan Johnson, for putting out that incredible film. Then... Colin Trevorrow steps back from episode 9. Now, I don't know if it's a Lucasfilm thing or if it's a Colin Trevorrow thing, but he takes a step back, and eventually they bring on J.J. Abrams to finish up what he started with Force Awakens. Now, in the two years since Last Jedi, fandom has basically ripped Star Wars to shreds, whether it was The Last Jedi or Solo. People are just unhappy, right? Now, The Mandalorian kind of saved that, And we get to this point, we get to the rise of Skywalker, and I have to say in my heart of hearts that as myself, considering myself a Star Wars fan and a pretty big one at that, um, having turned my wife into a pretty big Star Wars fan, having sat down and watched all nine, ten movies with friends and family to get ready for the rise of Skywalker, I came out of this movie kind of in the middle. And I'll get to a definitive ranking of this film when I get to the end, but I I just look at it and I'm like, man, was Rise of Skywalker good? Yes. Was it the best Star Wars movie or the best way to end the trilogy, the best way to end the saga, so to speak? No. I know that this might catch me some, some slack. You know, I know that a lot of fans are loving this movie, but I'm letting you know right now it's not near the best Star Wars movie. And one of the things I hated about it the most was that it just ignores what I thought was some of the best parts of Last Jedi. It ignores pretty much Last Jedi in total. Yes, it has to kind of play off some of the plot points in Last Jedi because how can you not play off some of the plot points? Some pretty big things happen in Last Jedi, and we're going to go full spoilers in a couple of minutes. But, like, man, you know... I don't know what 
Kathleen Kennedy and Lucasfilms and J.J. Abrams decided when, when going to the drawing board to make Rise of Skywalker. But at the end of the day, I feel like it was a wasted opportunity to continue some of the great story threads that Ryan Johnson had set up for you. I think that one of the best things this movie did was fan service. And I think that if you're going to end a trilogy or end a saga like they are nine movies, that you have to do a lot of fan service. I think Marvel did it best with Endgame, and we'll talk a little bit more about that later on in spoiler talk. But, you know, I just think that, like, maybe J.J.'s not the guy, you know, because I feel like one of the things that J.J. loves to do when he makes a movie is kind of take from what was already existing and just spin it into something new. Like, look at his Star Trek movies, right? Star Trek, the first one was original and it was very very unique and it was different it didn't touch what had happened before but only started something new from what was before then you get to star trek into darkness and he wants to drop mystery boxes like that's his go-to thing is mystery boxes back to lost where it all began all these different mystery boxes and you don't know how to pay them all off because that's what the name of the game is for jj right it turns out star trek into darkness was just a remake of wrath of khan you look at Force Awakens, it's really just, in reality, a remake of A New Hope. Yes, there are some things that are different, but in reality, the overall movie is just A New Hope. So, coming into this, I'm like, uh-oh, am I getting Return of the Jedi? Is he just going to make Return of the Jedi? And I mean, he didn't, thankfully, but at the end of the day, there are parts of it that just baffle me in sorts. So, let's just get right into it. Let's just open up. I'm going to go with the positives first. And then, uh, and then I'm going to break into the things that just bother me. And so full spoilers, we're at the six-minute mark. You know, please, 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 if you have not seen Rise of Skywalker, turn this off. Do not listen to the rest of this because I'm going to break it down in depth, tell you the things I liked, tell you the things I didn't like, and then I'm going to talk to you a bit about where I see Star Wars going in hopes that someone can come along and write this ship because this ship is not right as of right now. So spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Here we go. I've said spoilers for about 45 seconds, and I'm going to say it for about five more. Spoilers, 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 Rise of Skywalker, spoilers. Here we go. Okay, things I liked. There is a fan service at the very end of this movie, after it's all said and done, that takes the cake. That is 100% the best part of this entire movie. My entire life, I'm 32 years old. I have always been upset with the fact that in A New Hope, Chewbacca never gets a medal. It's a joke. It's it, you know People laugh about it now. I've always said to myself, what the fuck, what, what was the point of that? What was the point of giving Han and Luke medals, but Chewie was just there, just the same, putting his life on the line next to Han Solo in the Falcon that, that day when they blew up the Death Star. So he doesn't get a medal. But at the end of this movie, Maz Kanata gives him a medal, and it brought me to tears. It was the best, most iconic part of this entire movie. It was the moment I've been waiting for. I didn't think anything like that was ever going to happen. In fact... I really thought Chewbacca was going to die, and we'll talk more about that later on. But I thought for sure that he would die, and that would be the end of it. But to turn that around and give him the medal that he's always deserved was by far my single best moment in this movie. I truly, truly, truly loved that moment. The lightsaber fights, I think there's four of them. I've only seen the movie once. I definitely want to see the movie again. I need time to get out and go see it a second or a third time but i believe there's four of them maybe three they're all incredible the action in this movie is the saving grace of rise of skywalker um there is an incredible incredible lightsaber sequence 
on the remains of Death Star 2 on a moon of Endor that is just incredible. There's waves crashing. Rey and Kylo are just going at it. And as Rey becomes more and more unsure of herself and her surroundings, Kylo just be begins to overpower her. And it is incredibly good. And there's a way that he wields his lightsaber handle up. And I'm it, it's incredible. It's one of my favorite things about that movie is the lightsaber fights they're incredible like they are so effing good man like kudos to the choreographers for making such an incredible incredible set of lightsaber fights i mean you know one of the things i kind of miss and i don't want to get into the negative sorry about that guys we'll get into the, the negatives later on stay with the positives want to really praise what they did right in this movie and you know, I really love the characters. I think the characters of Rey, the characters of Poe, Finn, Kylo Ren, like they're all so good. Like the actors and their love for their character are so good that it comes off and their chemistry together as a group comes off really well. And I really love the dynamic of the three. I think that they play really well together. I think it's just so well written and so well executed by these actors. Even some of the poor material that was written for them, they just execute with such precision and execute with such charisma. Um, I would watch Poe Dameron, Finn, and Ray act in any Star Wars movie any day of the week. I mean, my favorite part of this whole movie... Um, Character-wise, is Kylo Ren. I mean, I've always loved Kylo Ren from the moment I saw concept art of his mask and the design of the character. Even before I knew he was Ben Solo, I I was obsessed with the character design. I was obsessed with the way he looked, and I think he by far gets the best arc through this movie. Um, not only as Kylo Ren, but as Ben Solo when he eventually turns back to the to the light side of the force and there is a really really great scene where ray passes kylo a lightsaber through the force and it's really unique and it's very fitting and again another shining moment in this movie that it's really cool and i really love the arc that kylo ren has had through this series of films because you know he goes from this unsure bad guy to this absolutely 100% sure supreme leader at the beginning of this movie he is 100% sure of himself as the supreme leader of the first order and slowly but surely as he dies in the in the second act of this film realizes that he's not meant for the dark side and i think that that Ray was willing to sacrifice her life force for him made him see that he didn't have to be Kylo Ren anymore and it all led to a very touching and very very great moment where Han Solo a memory of Han Solo from Kylo's memory comes forward and they have a really touching moment where he kind of reenacts the same moment from Force Awakens but not to kill him this time, but to forgive him. And I kind of took it as, because in the same moment, Leia is passing away. She's using all of her life force that's left to communicate with her son and try to save him one last time. And I felt like 
And this very well could have been the case. And I kind of... I'm, I'm kind of hoping that as she was dying, she was force projecting Han instead of herself to try to save Ben. Again, it's all step speculation on my part. I'm not entirely sure if that was the case, but that's what I took from it. That's how I took it. That she was projecting her life force into Han, not herself, so that he could be forgiven for committing patricide like he did in The Force Awakens. You know, I hate to say it, but that, I mean, like, I liked the movie overall, but those were a lot of the things I liked about this movie. Like, the lightsaber fights, the characters, the fan service, mainly the the Chewbacca moment. I, I loved seeing Billy D. Williams, Lando Calrissian back, um, but I, I'm, I'm at a loss to continue forward with positive things to say about rise of skywalker let's i gotta turn around and i gotta go negative unfortunately and let's start with the characters i'm not gonna sit here and say i loved rose teak from last jedi but to basically remove her from any plot points in this film what seemed completely outrageous to basically ignore all of the last jedi in total with the exception of luke dying and the fact that Rey and Kylo are Force-connected, everything else is null and void. There's literally no acknowledgement of The Last Jedi. I honestly can sit here and say that that, to me, was the biggest problem I had with The Rise of Skywalker, was how much they blatantly ignored The Last Jedi. At one point in the movie, a character says... We should just do a Holdo maneuver, and they repeat back to him, that was a one in a million chance. We could never do that again. Yeah, you could. Yeah, you could. It was cool. You could do it again, and no one would have a problem with it. At least I wouldn't. To completely ignore the fact that Rose existed, at one point in the beginning of the movie, the the gang, Chewbacca, C-3PO, BB-8, Ray. Poe and Finn are getting ready to go on an adventure for a MacGuffin, which to me seems odd because it's a Star Wars movie and they've never gone off searching for a MacGuffin. They've gone off to save people. They've gone off to save the galaxy. They've gone off to blow up the Death Star, but they've never gone looking for a MacGuffin. They go off looking for the Sith Wayfinder or a blade to find the Sith Wayfinder to find the Sith. We'll get more into that in a minute. And Finn walks up to her. And almost in like the most blatant, cold shoulder type of way, rather like says, "Are you coming with us?" And she says, "No, I'm gonna stay here and help uh, decode the Sith message." And he leans in and pats her on the shoulder. Now we know that they were romantically involved at the end of Last Jedi. And listen, I don't need the romantic storylines. Not every Star Wars movie needs a romantic storyline. But I'll be damned if they're just going to blatantly ignore the shit that came before it because no one's no Star Wars movie has ever blatantly ignored this the way that this movie did. Like one of the things that I love the most about Last Jedi was the idea that Rey could be no one. That in that movie, Kylo Ren tells her she is absolutely no one. That her parents were junk traders who traded her for drinking money. And I thought to myself after watching that movie that I really loved that concept, that I really loved that a Jedi could be anyone. And at the end of that movie, while reenacting the Luke Skywalker moment in the barn where they live, 
this one kid walks off to gaze up at the stars that one day he could be the next Luke Skywalker. For, force grabs a broom and starts sweeping up. And it's like anyone. The idea behind Ryan Johnson's movie was that anyone could be a Jedi. That anyone could be force sensitive. And I loved those ideas. I loved the ideas that he put forward into that film. And what really makes me most mad is that they turn around and take this movie right here and basically tell you that... Well, you can't just be Force-sensitive and be nobody. You have to be part of some kind of family. And if you're going to be important to the universe, you got to be part of some kind of family. So what did they do? They turned around and made Rey a Palpatine. That's right. The Emperor's back. If you've seen any marketing, you know he's back in some way, shape, or form. And he was back full-on. Don't know if he was a clone. Don't know if he was himself. Couldn't tell you. They never really explained that. But they did explain that he created Snoke, which, again, makes no sense. Like He created a... A body to inhabit rather than just show his own face, whatever. Again, parts I didn't like. And he has a granddaughter, so we don't know who the parents are. We don't know that he, at one point, got someone knocked up, had a had a had a son. Then that son had a granddaughter or had a daughter and made Ray the granddaughter again. Why? I think you could have had the same exact plot to this movie without that and still kept the themes that Ryan Johnson had built through his movie. So the idea behind Palpatine was that he wanted to see he wanted to bring his granddaughter to him, make her find her way to him so that he could eventually turn her to a Sith. You could still do that exact same plot and still have her not be that granddaughter that just he happens to be in this movie, he happens to have an actual plot and how he is still alive. 30 years later, and that he knows of this very Force-sensitive individual, sort of an Anakin Skywalker type, right, and wants and wants her, and wants to inhabit her, or wants to take and, you know, bring her to the dark side. Doesn't necessarily need to be his own granddaughter, it can be anybody, and she's so, and one of the things I love about this movie that I wish was more was how unsure of herself she was. She was so unsure of who she was and what she wanted and and where to belong that that's what they could have used to build the story between Palpatine and Rey rather than have it just be, you're my granddaughter, I need you to become a Sith. You could have had it be, you long for something, you want to be part of something, and yet you are so unsure that if you want to be a Jedi that I could bring you towards the dark side, that Kylo Ren could almost get you to be part of the dark side. And what I found interesting was is they didn't use that at all. They used this granddaughter plot. And I'm like, okay, whatever, I'll, I'll go with it. But you didn't need to do it. Like Last Jedi set up some interesting themes and you didn't need to do it. You didn't need to go ahead and say, hey, Snoke was just the emperor. You didn't need to say, hey, by the way, Rey is the granddaughter of Palpatine. Like, you just didn't need to do that. You didn't. It, it just hurts when you blatantly ignore a good movie and a movie that had some great plot points to basically, like, correct upset fans. And these fans are happy with this movie. But you know what you didn't do is please everyone. And you're never going to please everyone. But at the same time, don't just disre- literally blatantly disregard a good movie. You know, like I had said earlier, the Colin Trevorrow stepped away because he felt like he was painted into a corner. And one of the things I feel like overall that this Lucasfilm's Kathleen Kennedy, everybody could do better is be more cohesive. If you knew, like, okay, J.J. made this movie, then Ryan made his. At some point, these people need to 
talk and go, hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Can you do this? Can you fix this? Oh, is this okay if I take your characters in this direction? Like, communication is key. Like, communicate what you're doing in each other's movies. Like, if you're working on a trilogy and you know you're going to end up having... Okay, like, for instance, Guardians of the Galaxy, right? James Gunn will have written... And directed all three Guardians movies. So he knows where his characters are going to go. But along the way, the Guardians of the Galaxy showed up in Infinity War and Endgame. And Gamora died in Endgame. But a version of Gamora was brought back in Endgame. Crazy part about all of that is, is he was on board and knew about it. And wrote the script for three, having known all that information. Guess what? Communicate. And I bet your three movies would have been super... I mean, come on. Like, you wrote seven, then wrote eight, and didn't think about the consequences of those two movies in nine, and then just try to course correct after the fact? This movie was supposed to come out in December of 2018. 2018. One year ago, this movie was supposed to come out because it was supposed to be done. And what happened? They got such backlash for Solo and Last Jedi that they went back to the drawing board and brought it out an entire year later because they... They, they were like, shit, are we not going to make money? Because that's all it really comes down to is Star Wars and money, Marvel and money. But what Marvel does differently is they they make good movies. Now, let's let's continue with the Marvel thing real quick, okay? Because this is another problem I had. I don't know when The Last Jedi was – I mean, I'm sorry. I didn't know when The Rise of Skywalker was written and filmed. But I do know that Endgame and Infinity War were filmed back-to-back in 2017. So that means that there are things – in Endgame that probably were filmed and or written prior to Rise of Skywalker. So when I sit here and say there are two glaring moments in the Rise of Skywalker that blatantly rip off Endgame, I'm not kidding. And I'm not kidding at all. There's a moment when Poe feels like all hope is lost. They, he leads the Resistance Force to Exegol where the Sith and Palpatine has his final order, which is 10,000 ships that he's going to destroy the galaxy with. And he brings his small band of resistance fighters and they start getting annihilated. But they sent Lando off in the Falcon to go bring back anybody that would that would fight. And all hope is lost. All right. So let's let's set let's paint the picture. All hope is lost. And Poe Dameron is defeated and he's just in his X-Wing like, what do we do next? You know, and all of a sudden Lando comes on over the intercom and goes, don't lose hope yet, Poe. And then, boom, all of these ships land out of hyperspace uh, into this planet. Remind you of anything? Kind of reminds me of On Your Left in the portal scene in Endgame because it's basically what it was. Cap's down on his luck. Cap thinks that he has to go up against the armies of Thanos all by himself because that's what Cap would do. And then Falcon hits him with you on your left. Same moment, beat for beat. That's not it, though. That's not the only thing they ripped off. Thanos has the stones says the phrase, I am inevitable, goes to snap his fingers, and the stones are gone. He turns. Tony has the stones in his gauntlet, in his nano suit. Turns at him and says, I am Iron Man, and then snaps his fingers. Palpatine is got Rey down to her final straw. He's blasting her with the lightning. Blasting her, blasting her, blasting her. And he says the phrase, I am all of the Sith. Ray grabs 
puts her left hand out. She's holding off the, the lightning with one lightsaber, puts her left hand out and grabs the second lightsaber, creates an X and says, I am all of the Jedi and defeats Emperor Palpatine. I mean, come on. These moments were blatantly ripped right out of Endgame. I mean, come up with your... I, listen, I don't care. I don't care that it got ripped off. I, I think they're good moments. I think they're both really great moments. And to a person that enjoys Star Wars that's never seen a Marvel movie, wouldn't care. I, I For instance, my sister-in-law, who I hope listens to this and hears my opinions because I'm not talking about it on Christmas, is going to love those moments because those are great moments in star wars lore but guess what marvel did it first yep that's right the marvel heroes the great and mighty iron man did it first and now i think it's a ripoff it sucks but it's the truth i think it's a ripoff do i love rise of skywalker no do i hate rise of skywalker no did i ever sit here and think that i would ever give it an a for effort absolutely not but guess what it's getting an a for effort no plus no minus just an a for effort because it baffles me that you have all of this grandeur all of this lure all of this storytelling in front of you set forth before you in nine other movies and you can't stick the landing the one thing i'll praise marvel for and I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say one more beat about Lucasfilm in general, is cohesion. Marvel got it right because it took 22 movies to create one cohesive story and one story that made everyone want to see how it was going to end. And yeah, it ended on a cliffhanger in Infinity War. But guess what? Endgame was literally... A cinematic experience unlike anything we had ever seen. And Rise of Skywalker only would hope to live up to that moment. And, you know, I hope one day that someone like Kevin Feige will come along and take over the Star Wars franchise and build the Star Wars franchise back into the juggernaut it deserves to be. I want a cohesive universe that doesn't feel torn apart at the seams because of fandom. I want to just enjoy Star Wars for what it is, Star Wars. I want other people to enjoy Star Wars for what it is, Star Wars. Fandom is tearing this franchise apart. And it will continue to tear this franchise apart because people can't seem to agree if it's a good movie or not. And it always seems to get people upset. Twitter is just blowing up with people just criticizing other people on their thoughts and opinions of a movie. We're allowed to we're allowed to like or dislike things that we do and don't like, but at the end of the day, like or dislike whatever you want. Just be open-minded to people's opinions of something. Don't just pass judgment and call them fake fans or tell them that their opinion doesn't matter because they don't agree with you. The thing is is that I didn't hate this movie, but I didn't love it either. I'm in the middle. I'm meddling. And maybe after a second and a third viewing, I may love it more. But at the end of the day, not enough good in this movie to make me love it the way that some other people did. You know, I just I just wish there was more to it, more depth, more more 
lore and not erasing what came before it. Because it wasn't a direct sequel to Force Awakens, and it definitely wasn't a direct sequel to The Last Jedi. It just was a movie on its own. And I understand the concept of having a standalone movie, but you're adhering to a trilogy. You're adhering to an idea. So adhere to that, you know? And one last beat that I want to touch on is Skywalker. At the end of the movie, Rey goes back to Tatooine to bury Luke and Leia's lightsabers um, after she has won everything. And she gets asked, who are you? By a person on Tatooine. And she looks over and sees Luke and Leia's force ghosts. And for me personally, I would have loved if that moment included Kylo and Anakin and all of the Jedi that she now inhabits in her. I would love to have seen all of the Force ghosts, Yoda, Mace Windu, everybody. But I understood the concept of it because she gets asked who she was. and She, she sees Luke and Leia, the family that she never had, and says, I'm Rey Skywalker. And I love the idea that anybody can be anything. You don't have to be a Palpatine. to be. You don't have to be a bad guy to be a Palpatine. You can be a good guy and be a Palpatine. But I wish they would have kept the concept of nobody because at the end when she says, I'm Ray Skywalker, she chooses to be a Skywalker over a Palpatine. But if she was nobody and she chose to be Skywalker, it's because she found a family. And I wish those themes would have carried through from Last Jedi. I wish that we wouldn't have forgotten what came before it in Last Jedi. And it sucks because that's one of the reasons why I dislike this movie so much is because I just wish they wouldn't have ignored Last Jedi. I, just, I mean, I say it over and over and over again, but that's just the truth of it all. I just wish that that movie wouldn't get ignored because it's really friggin' good. And Ryan Johnson did a phenomenal job with it. But with that, an A for effort one more time is what this movie is going to get. And it sucks because I wanted it to be better. I wanted it to be everything I wanted it to be. And there was things in there that I truly, truly loved. But at the end of the day, it gets an A for effort. And I know people will disagree with that. And I want to hear conversation about it. What did you think? You know, what was your thoughts? Did you give it an A plus? Did you give it an A minus? Somebody tell me what your thoughts on this movie were. I'm so excited to talk about it, discuss it with all people, everybody out on the forums that we have set up. The A for Effort movie group on Facebook, the A for Effort Twitter. Uh, you know, again, I'm so sorry that it's been a month since I posted an episode. It's just been a crazy, crazy, crazy end to this year but i have a lot of great stuff planned and i plan to get back on it as soon as possible and get you guys as much content as i possibly can i have been your host matt thanks for listening to this extra long review of of star wars the rise of skywalker come back to us next time on another exciting episode of a forever we will always talk trailers tv and quality movie reviews